from zero to money. We unveil the trials and successes SaaS business founders have faced when starting their own businesses. Stay tuned to learn from the ideas that can inspire and change you. Enjoyed the show? Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss our new episodes. If you're interested in learning more about Zar's managed technology services, come visit us at zar.net. That's zsah.net. Welcome to the Zar SaaS Leadership Podcast, a show where we explore with SaaS leaders what they do to stay on top of their game and share top tips from their success for other SaaS entrepreneurs. My name is David McQueen, and I am the host of this podcast. Our guest today is the CEO of Giving Force. Now, Giving Force provides enterprise software to help corporations around the world manage their charitable giving programs. Designed to make workplace giving easier and more efficient for corporations and their employees, the Giving Force portal includes modules on payroll giving, employee volunteering, match fundraising, and more. They work with some of the world's largest organizations and have deep understanding of the requirements of managing hundreds of thousands of employees across multiple time zones, languages, and currencies. Their technology solutions are fully customizable and can help companies of all sizes develop more efficient, engaging, and impactful CSR programs. So please welcome to the show, the CEO, Ejaz Rashid. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's no great to problem. be here. No problem. No, did I did I pronounce it right? Did I get it right that time of the day? You did. You did do it right. Okay. Well done. I feel good. I feel I feel I feel a lot better now. Okay, so before we jump in and start talking about business, I want you to tell us something interesting about yourself that our listeners probably don't know. Um. So I guess the thing that uh, that most people don't realise uh, about me um, is that I I'm, I'm into rollerblading. So it's, uh, and, you know, that's street skating as well as, um, you know, sort of non-street skating. Um, I kind of saw some skaters in Paris while I was walking with my wife one day and thought, that's amazing. I want to do that. And a few years later, I did. And uh, I actually joined a, a, a group of like-minded people uh, um, uh, called Easy Saturday Skate. So it's a bit of a plug. Uh, meet every Saturday morning at 10.30 in Battersea Park, uh, and all comers are welcome. And we have people who've literally just put on skates through to people who've done, uh, you know, marathons and, uh, competed at, you know, uh, at even at country level. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the, the, the sort of my hidden secret. Um, it's a great way of, uh, spending a Saturday morning. Um, I do skate on other times of the week as well, but, uh, amazing people, really diverse range of people, um, from, you know, uh, barristers and directors through to the guy who's, uh, going to get you coffee, um, or, uh, you know, is, is, is a student looking for a job. It's, it's a, it's a really motivational, uh, way to spend your weekend. Uh, we have a collaboration going on with uh, a charity called Wheels and Wheelchairs. Um, so it's quite a sight seeing people on rollerblades pushing people in wheelchairs around the park. Um, brings a smile to everyone's face, especially the people who in a wheelchair. Uh, I mean, who doesn't like going fast? It's yes. one of the things that I enjoy doing. And, uh, and, and that's what, you know, the rollerblading gives me. So it's 
yeah, it's 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 my it's my hidden secret, if you like. I love that. Well, it's not a secret anymore because all of our listeners are going to know about this. And so thank you very much for sharing. I actually, I actually went back when you were speaking. I, I grew up in Harrow in North West London and there used to be a roller park nearby there. And I spent most of my time on my bum. Um, but I think you might have encouraged me to at 51, maybe take that, that step towards trying to get out there and do it again. So I love, I love that little bit of motivation you shared with us. So let's jump uh, into the work bit here, if that's okay. But fantastic. I really love that. Yeah. So if you could be honest and open enough to share with us, what was the one thing that you think may have held you back from being a successful business person when you were starting out and how did you manage to overcome it? Um, I guess the, the, the number one thing was um, holding on to too many things myself, like do me being the one responsible for too, too many, too many things. Um, I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I do struggle to let things go. Even, even now, I mean, I, I recognize it as something that I need to work on. Um, and the thing that helped me most with that was hiring the right people. Hiring the right people meant that they literally took stuff off me. They would get in the way and stop me being my worst, my own worst enemy. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's been the game changer for me. And, uh, you know, you, you are as good as your people. It doesn't matter how good the technology is. The, the, the people will be the thing that, that, um, that, that make or break the business side of things. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong. When you're, when you're starting out, you literally do everything, mm. you know, uh, you, you're the T boy as well as the, uh, director as well as the F, uh, FD as well as everything else. So it's not that you can start off with the idea of, you know, I should let go of stuff, but when you start to grow and as you grow, then that's that's one of the key things you need to need to learn. Um, it's not just delegating; it's 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 bringing on the right people so that um, you know that you don't become a barrier to your own growth. Fabulous, fabulous. I, I'm sure there are a lot of us that could actually resonate with that. So, in, in terms of the uh, the advice that you would have gotten along the way, and I'm sure there are lots of people who have given you both offered and unsolicited advice. What would you say was the best business advice that you've actually received? Uh, it, the best business advice I received, uh, it's probably the simplest one. Um, and, and, and I actually received it from someone that I didn't get on with so well. So I probably didn't take it on as well as I could have done at the time. And that was, um, it's, it's advice around pricing. Um, uh, I'm, I'm notoriously bad at underpricing because um, I have a, a vision and a goal, which is quite altruistic. Um, and I sometimes let that get that in the way of uh, some business decisions. decisions. And uh, the advice that I got was if you're giving away things for free, then everyone's going to love you. You're only really successful when uh, your customers love you and they're paying for it. So that's been my bit of advice. And I think it resonates more for me because I am almost a, an anti-businessman in a way in that uh, uh, we've been quite successful because we were solving quite a key solution. And for me and for a lot of um, uh, uh, what I do, it's around solving that as opposed to making money. Uh, the, the being profitable, uh, sometimes 
is is secondary, which it shouldn't be, because it's a key part of what allows us to do more and better serve our customers. So that's from a business perspective, that's that's been a key key piece of advice. Fantastic. We're, we're, from my ends, what we do, we say that you're not capitalist, you're conscious commerce. But we'll come back to that for another conversation. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the way we look at it. So, but I love that. Um, so obviously, we like to talk about technology on this show, and and I would love to know, in addition to the best business advice that you've received, what's the best technology advice that you have received, and why is it the best? I guess, um, and 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 this is sort of again similar to anti-business, sort of anti-technology. That the, the best. Uh, advice I had is that uh, people are more important than the technology. People are the leading factor for, for, for having, you know, good technology. Um, if you find good people, uh, have them managed by good people working on interesting problems, you're going to get good technology as a result. So the, the, the outcome, um, uh, uh, is, is, is dictated by the input. Um, so, uh, you know, not to brazenly plug Jar, but you know, having a partner that work that we can work with that means that we don't need to worry about certain aspects of what we do um, leaves us to focus on what we need to focus on. If we didn't have that, we'd be distracted by uh, things that, frankly, are not our core business, and we don't we're not adding any value. Um, so the same is true of the people that we have in the business. Uh, we have people who are really smart, love what they do, share uh, not just our passion for what we're trying to do as a business, but are proper geeks and they want to solve problems, but with a focus on solving problems. If the focus is purely on the technology, then you sometimes to get, get into these geek offs where, you know, uh, one bit of tech is slightly better than another and, uh, or, you know, perceived to be better than another. Um, so try and avoid that where we can, but with enough healthy competition that people are challenging each other. Yes. Okay. Fabulous. Fabulous. Love that. So again, we love to be really honest here and everybody can come with the really good stories about what works, but what we'd like to know from you, if you can, is tell us the, the story of one of the worst business decisions that you've actually made. Cool. Um, so, again, for me, it comes back to people, and the worst decision, uh, business decision that I made was a poor hiring decision for mm-hmm. a key position, uh, and without having sufficient oversight to see if that was that was going well or not i'm a i'm a naturally optimistic person um i always see the upside and everything i'm one of those annoying people that always sees the silver lining on the cloud um and i trust people until they 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 prove me wrong um and that has generally worked very well but um you know uh, there was there was a particular case where i was maybe naive and um, there weren't sufficient checks and balances in place. Um, and that was a pretty painful lesson. Uh, it took a lot of time to resolve. And in fact, we're still dealing with some of the legacy around that, um, around that decision. Um, I never want to repeat that mistake. Um, and uh, part of that was making sure that 
uh, you know, bring on board the right people um, to be as open, transparent as possible. Um, if there's no dark corners, there's nowhere to hide. Um, mm. And, you know, we, we make sure that, um, uh, that that literally just can't happen again, is that we, we have um, uh, learned our lessons. I've learned my lesson uh, about that sort of uh, painful process. And, um, you know, we challenge everything. It's quite yeah. annoying in some respects, but we challenge everything. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's to make sure you don't make that mistake again. So what would be a, a bad decision that you think you would have made around technology? So um, that, that would be around sticking with um, technology that you are familiar with, but isn't maybe not the latest technology. Um, and similarly, making um, short-term decisions um, that have a long-term impact. Um, as, as a technologist, you always there's always some sticky plaster that goes on any solution that you build. Uh, yeah. Anyone who says otherwise either has more time on their hands or doesn't have a real-world solution that they're trying to work with. Um, the challenge is to make sure that that's kept to a minimum and you remove that sticky plaster um, as soon as you can. And um, yeah, from a, from a business perspective, you, you're almost guaranteed that one piece of sticky pasta that you didn't, didn't remove is the one that's going to come back and bite you. So from a, a technology perspective, uh, that would be the thing, you know, keep those sticky plasters to a minimum. Fabulous, fabulous. Okay, so let's jump into uh, <laughs> the sales and marketing. And what's working for the company? I really like to probe because, you know, everybody uh, has certain ideas about what's actually working. I'm really keen to know what's working for you uh, and the team uh, down at Giving Force. Um, I guess uh, it, it kind of splits into, into, into two parts. One is um, building a great product. Um, we, we, we take a lot of care to build something that is actually usable and is addressing real world problems. Um, if, uh, you know, our goal is to minimize the resistance to companies and employees giving more to their communities. Um, and part of that is making it as safe and secure and transparent as possible for them. So we build our product with our customers in mind and make sure that it, it is going to address their problems. Um, we have customers that love us. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, uh, that's been a great marketing and sales strategy. I've even had one customer that call me up uh, and say, I've just given a demo to this company and I think they want to, they're interested in your system. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a sales function you, you, you can't buy. Um, yeah. And um, to be honest, up until now, we've, we've, it's been pretty much word of mouth. Um, we do run something called the Giving Forum, or at least we did pre-COVID, and that's a great way of um, getting people to know 
who we are and also to engage with uh, both our existing customers and potential customers. Uh, and that's been pretty good uh, in terms of um, getting people aware of what we do. But we don't, at the moment, have a specific marketing and, and, and sales function that's um, that's going out there hell-bent to, to, to get new customers. Okay, fabulous. So, so given that you are you are developing or expanding on your on the, the the way that you reach your market and your marketing offering, are there any specific metrics? And obviously, we're speaking to a, a SaaS um, a company audience here. Are there any specific metrics that you use to keep on the pulse of the company to just make sure that you're heading in the right direction? Yeah, I mean, uh, we use EBITDA uh, as the as a the the main sort of uh, metric um it's a good measurement for us um it it's a, it's a, it's a good uh measure of profitability for us and that's important um given that sometimes the focus always isn't on profitability um yeah. uh, knowing that we're on the right track um allows us to plan more efficiently um and and that model as say just works better for us than than others um, because it just focuses on the area where we where we would be weak previously. Um, the other is around customer satisfaction, um, and that's typically the metric we use: our number of open issues and uh, support tickets and, and, and queries, uh, and our time to respond to those uh, gives us a good indicator of how we're doing. Um, yeah. It also gives us a good indicator of uh, you know new requirements that are coming up. Uh, yeah. based on you know, our customers' needs. Um, I mean, there's things, a lot of this stuff's covered by SLAs um, yeah. with customers, but this is going above and beyond that to make sure that we've got really happy customers, um, you know, um, happy customers for us mean that we're, 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 we're achieving our goal of enabling, you know, more, more uh, interaction between companies and employees and, and their communities. Yeah. Um, a third one I would say is um, is around uh, employee satisfaction or employee um, engagement, well-being. Um, yeah. We don't have so many hard metrics around that. Um, it's really a dipstick gauge of how we're getting on. Um, you know, I guess you can use metrics such as uh, turnover and um, and other things, but we're not such a huge organization that we can have a statistical analysis of that um but that's a that's a key part of you know what we want to want to achieve um making sure that you know happy engaged employees working on interesting uh tasks leads to good outcomes i love that i I think it's the first time if i'm really honest with you that i've heard somebody Mention employee satisfaction as one of their top three metrics. Really? Word of life. Yeah. I may be wrong. And when I talk to the producers, they may correct me. Okay. And they'll put that in the notes, but I think it's the first time I've heard it. And especially like even just in talking to people, first time I've heard it in a long time. It's usually sales, customers, you know, cost of acquisition, all this kind of stuff. So it's actually quite refreshing to hear that. Actually very refreshing to hear that. So, I've, I've, uh, so, so yeah, that's your, that's your little, did you put that little feather, uh, uh, that arrow in your quiver? Is it arrow in your quiver? Arrow, bow in your quiver, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> we know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, thinking, looking at your industry as a whole, 
and, and, and thinking about going into the, the future. Over the next years, you know, maybe five or 10 years time, and I, I ask it to all our guests, what will be the impact of things like, you know, new technology or, or shifts in the actual industry themselves? So what are the kind of things that you think will happen within the industry? So um, I think, you know, where, where by industry we're talking about the future of giving, um, whether that's yes. volunteering or yeah. monetary. Um, so um, one of the challenges is always, um, you know, people don't wake up in the morning and go, hmm, I must do some volunteering today or I must give some, some, some uh, you know, help the community today. Uh, or very few people do. So um, it's building up that engagement. So uh, what I see uh, the, the, the industry, or at least us uh, heading towards, is an approach for tailoring that uh, and targeting that experience mm. so that um, much more or much more appropriate and relevant information arrives at the right time for people. And yes. that's through... Uh, using whether it's an algorithm or machine learning to uh, develop um, a, a picture of what a particular type of person might be interested in to engage with them and have them uh, engage more with what's going on. Um, I think one of the other things that's 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 interesting and has been interesting from from our perspective that we see growing is around um, the transparency and ease of payments to yeah. beneficiaries, so to, to, to charities. So um, we have an in-house due diligence team, and we have a, our technology around that, which makes sure that who you're engaging with, the charity that you're trying to work with, is who they say they are, and mm. de-risks or mitigates the risk of uh, something bad happening or um, you know being involved with someone that you shouldn't, shouldn't be. Uh, there's a lot of techn technological shift around that where we're bringing in, uh, uh, you know, more automated uh, processes and checks to yeah. help us uh, deal with those organizations. We have over 48,000 organizations, you know, registered with us. And so it's not a small task to, mm -hmm. to, to, to overcome. And that's growing as we grow and, and as, as, as we take on more customers um, and linked to that is the processing of payments. So we're working with uh, a number of um, fintechs uh, and banks in terms of uh, routing payments through to these organizations, uh, you know, once once we've established that this is a, a good thing to do. So I see those sort of three areas coming together. So it's really an integration, an amalgamation of technologies, as opposed to necessarily, uh, a, you know, uh, uh, a brand new piece of technology over those, those, over that time, sort of time period. But longer term, if I was to look at blue sky, um, sort of thinking, then, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can see virtual volunteering, uh, mm -hmm. taking off in a much bigger way, uh, yeah. becoming, you know, moving towards, um, say micro volunteering where you're volunteering in just half an hour of your time because the technology supports that and also um, moving towards uh, an environment where, um, you know, virtual, we're talking literally virtual reality type of volunteering where you're seeing through someone else's eyes and helping them 
on the ground because you physically can't be there. And you're kind of seeing this today with doctors helping other, you know, doctors in other countries or other regions uh, because they have expertise that, that could be used or opinions that could be used. And in the same way, um, you know, you can be looking at someone who has a particular skill in a, in a, in a, in a particular place being able to help others. So, um, yeah, we see some sort of more re- uh, short-term practical um, movement and then, you know, the more, the more uh, blue sky version of, of, of what's going on. Okay. I love, I love that, the, the micro one. I actually really like that because I just think of how sustainable that can be. So people aren't feeling, Oh my God, I'm pressured to do this over a long time. That bit, exactly. um, that's quite exciting. Finally, I can't believe we're at the end here now, but finally, I want you to tell us your top three tips for building a successful SaaS company. Uh, yeah. So my top three would be hire great people who care about what they do. To focus on building good relationships with your customers uh, that are more than transactional. And three, make technical decisions for the long term, not for the short term. Love that. Just making sure I wrote that down here. So I've got hire great people who love love what you do. Yeah, they care really... about what they do. So care, okay. I said love. But love, care. All right, we'll go with care. The hire great oh, people who I, care. I'll go with love. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so touchy feely, but we'll go with that. Who care and love for what they do. And then really focus on building great customer relationships and then build tech for the long term as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now that's absolutely fabulous and to the point and to sing. So I want to thank you, uh, Jazz. Come on now. Did I get it right again? You did. <laughs> <laughs> I love getting people's names right. Absolutely fabulous to have you here as a guest. And thank you so much for your insight. I know there will be loads of people who will be listening and be really empowered by this as well. So thank you very much. No, thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it.